This special Answers for Elders podcast honoring military veterans is sponsored by Carriage. For more information about Carriage, the website is C-A-R-E-A-G-E dot com. This is Chuck Olmstead. I'm here at Patriot's Landing in DuPont, Washington. And uh, with me today is a lovely lady. Her name is Mrs. Jimmy Shapiro. <laughs> and Jimmy, I want to welcome you to Answers for Elders today. Thank you. Well, you have a, a, a name of a boy for your first name. Your actual name isn't Jimmy. It's uh, Eleanor. But you've been called Jimmy for a long time, I guess. All my life. All yes. your life. So <laughs> if it's okay with you, I'll continue the tradition and call you Jimmy. That's fine. <laughs> so where were you born? I was born in Boston, Massachusetts. In Boston. Wow. Yes. And... Uh, and uh, did you grow up then in Massachusetts? Yes, I did. In, in the same area? Well, about 25 miles north of Boston in a city called Lowell. Lowell. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been in Lowell, actually, and, and toured the old the mills there in, yes. in Lowell, Massachusetts, and the university is there as well. It's a lovely mm-hmm. city. So that's the city you grew up in. Yes. Oh, very nice. So what was life like for you in Lowell back in those days? Well, probably like any other child, went to school. Were you part of a big family? Not a big family, really. Mm-hmm. I, have, uh, I had a wonderful mother and father and one sister. I see, yeah. So uh, went... <clears throat> Uh, obviously probably went to school and went to high school. What were some of your activities for high school? Were you uh, into sports or were you into uh, what types of things? Music? We had probably a different kind of thing from most schools. We had uh, Indian clubs. Interesting. Do you know? uh, Well, well, I think I've heard of them, but tell me about that. Indian clubs are something that you pick up and twirl, and uh, so it was like a it almost would, like a. Oh, I I know what you're talking about. They're like a, almost look like a bowling pin in some ways, right? Well, no. Yes, I guess. Uh huh. They're they look more like a I would guess a a beer. Uh huh. They're round at the end mm-hmm. and long, mm-hmm. and you twirl them. <laughs> Interesting. And so you were the captain of the team. I was a captain in the team. In the team. In the Interesting. Team. And how many girls would be in a team usually? Uh, it, it was all done through the gym class. I see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in modern days, it would almost be like what a dance club would be now, what the what what it would be like for cheerleaders and that sort of thing. Except well, it probably. was a it was a it was a sports club, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, <clears throat> what uh, year then did you graduate from high school? You know, I can't think, but I, I think I can remember the year I graduated from college. Okay, what year was that? That was uh, nineteen forty-five. Forty-five. So it would have been four years before then that mm-hmm. I graduated from high school. So you were very familiar then at that time of what was happening in World War II and, of course, yes. uh, Pearl Harbor and and all of that. So what do you remember about 
uh, you would have been just probably 17, 18 years old in 1941 when when Pearl Harbor happened. Tell me about what your experience was when you heard about the attack on Pearl Harbor. Oh, I was very upset because uh, an attack on this country is just terrible. My father was a doctor, and he was in. He went into the military service, and he was in the South Pacific during the war. And uh, of course, we were all concerned. But he was okay. He came back, hmm. and uh, we were. Very happy about that. I'm sure. Well, yeah. it was then just you and your sister and your mother at home. And, of course, as a teenage girl, 17, 18 years old, I mean, you had a full understanding of what that was about. Oh, yeah. You weren't a child. So I'm sure it was pretty traumatic for you to know that your father was in the South Pacific. And was he uh, was he a surgeon, no, kind of a doctor? No, he, he was... Just a general just practitioner? a general practitioner. Mm-hmm. And so then he served in the service, I'm sure, as a doctor. Yes. As a medical doctor. Yes. What was life like for you during the war and World War II? I'm sure on the East Coast, uh, there were a lot of concerns about um, invasion from on both coasts, actually, from Germany, from the East, and... and uh, the Japanese from the West. So I'm sure in the Boston Lowell area, there was a lot of concern and, and, uh, for security in the, in the, at that time, I would think. Yes, absolutely. And I, uh, lived at school. So it was my mother and my sister at home. Of course we were concerned Mm -hmm. about everybody. Sure. So you would have known, some of the boys from high school that probably then entered into the service quickly. I'm, I, as I've yes. interviewed other veterans, many of them right out of high school, 17, 18 years old, were, after Pearl Harbor, uh, entered the service almost immediately. They did. So uh, tell me what happened after, uh, where did you go to college? I went to Sargent College, which is part of Boston University. And so what happened after college? The war ended? The war ended, and I was a physical therapist. I worked for the government. My patients were boys who had come back from the war, and uh, it was a very satisfying job that I had because I did feel that I was helping the boys and the men who had come back from the war with problems. I'm, I'm sure there was less of a understanding about the impact psychologically on on the wounded. Uh, now we know it is post-traumatic stress syndrome, but they right. didn't really weren't really able to articulate it that well or under totally understand it, were they? No, in they those days. Weren't. Yeah. So were you more or less managing some of the physical uh, issues or were there some so mental uh, issues that you also uh, dealt with? It was mostly physical problems that uh, I dealt with. So how long did you do that for? I did that for four years, and um, I was married uh, after four years. And where did you meet your husband, uh, soon-to-be husband? His name was Sumner. Where did That's you right. Where did you meet him? Sumner's aunt lived in Lowell. And we were very friendly with her family. 
I was home one day and his aunt called and said, uh, may I send my her uh, nephew, nephew mm-hmm. over? And I shook my head, no, my mother was answering the telephone, and my mother said, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how we met. Interesting. Well, apparently they had some insights that you didn't have at the time. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Moms can be that way, can't they? Yes, they can. (laughs) So can aunts. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So how long did you and, and Sumner date before you got married? We dated as long as we could because he was entering the Naval Academy. If you go to the Naval Academy, you have to be a single individual. So we had to wait four years. Wow. You were a very patient woman. He must have been worthwhile waiting for, huh? He was. (laughs) So after the Naval Academy, you got married. Yes. And what was his first assignment? His first assignment, actually, was in this area. I think it was Bremerton. So you came... uh, That was his first assignment after we were married. I see. Uh Uh-huh. So you came... Did you... Were you able to come out to Bremerton with him at that time? I came to Bremerton by myself. It seemed like at that point, I was always by myself. (laughs) Well, that's the life of a Navy bride, isn't it? Yes, I guess it is. I hadn't, I hadn't realized what it really was mm-hmm. until after I was married. Uh huh. And what was his, uh, what was his assignment? Uh, what did he do on board? I think he he was he was assigned to Bremerton, and I think it was a submarine that he, he, his first assignment. Was. I see. At that point. We had our first baby, a child, and I can remember Bremerton very well because it rained, (laughs) and it rained, and it rained. The first day of sunshine, I took my daughter and her little carriage. I took her out for a walk, and we went up hills and down hills (laughs) and up hills and down hills. And finally, we there was a drugstore at the bottom of one of the hills. And that was wonderful because I bought her some ice cream. Mm-hmm. And we turned around and I went up and down and up and down. And just before I reached our home, I looked down and she had one shoe on. Oh, my. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) So I turned around and again went (laughs) up and down. At the drugstore, the owner smiled at me and held up a shoe. And he said, I knew you'd be back. Right. (laughs) And I was. But then I, I turned around and finally... Up and down, I got home, and I was so tired. I can remember just sitting down in the kitchen, and my husband walked in, and he asked how my day was. And I started to cry, (laughs) and he laughed (laughs) when I told him what had happened. 
And I was so angry that he laughed. It was really funny. <laughs> uh, those are good memories, aren't they? They are. They are. Yeah. <laughs> so after Bremerton, where did you go next? Back to New England. We had no home at that point, and uh, he was aboard ship. So I stayed in New England with my mother and dad for several months. Then when he came home, he was stationed in Virginia. I went there to join him. Well, you you described something to me that I'd... Uh, loved to maybe hear a little bit more about you. You when you got married to a Navy man, you didn't really understand the the time of separation. That was something that um, I think all military people uh, deal with, but especially back in those days, because now you have the communication, you know, emails and 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 Skype and all of those video and cell phones and all of those things you can have contact, but. In those days, especially on board ship, I'm sure that that the letters were, were few and far between, probably. Yes. And then maybe when you got letters, you might get, what, three, four, five letters all in a row, right? It happened. It was really uh, odd. He was on an aircraft carrier, and he invited me to go on the carrier, and of course I went, was able to take me aboard the carrier, and I was thrilled because I'd never been on a ship before. We met the captain. The captain invited me to dinner, and my husband said, sir, does that include me? (laughs) (laughs) It did. Sure. I told the captain that I was, I just didn't know much about the, the Navy, and he said, of course. We had dinner with the captain, which was apparently very unusual. I would My think so. My husband mm-hmm. was just an ensign. It was very interesting for him. I told him about my life, and he told me about life on the carrier. Hmm. And he he asked if I would like to see his quarters. Hmm. And I said, yes, I would. Sure. So he showed me his where he lived aboard ship, and uh, that was very interesting. It was interesting for my husband as well. So after 33 years, and uh, what did what was your husband's rank? He was what did he end up retiring? He ended retiring as a rear admiral. And so he had some pretty uh, big assignments then. Yes. What was probably one of his biggest assignments? Uh, The biggest was uh, Moscow. We all went to Moscow. That was very interesting. The children went to school with people from every country imaginable. We met people from every country as well. Um, So I'm trying to do the math. So that would have been, what, the late 60s or early 70s that you were in Moscow? The way I remember Moscow is when President Kennedy died... We were there, and the Russian people were very kind. And when we would meet on the street, uh, they would say that they were sorry to hear about that. The average Russian people were so nice. I can remember going into a bakery that was very near our house, and there were two elderly 
Russian people in front of me or in, I can't remember in back. I held the door open for them and it was like I had given them such a big gift. They thanked me and thanked me. At that time, I think people were not very kind to each other and I re- remember that so well. Well, you were in Moscow during a very stressful time in, in U.S. and Russian relations, the the, the the Bay of Pigs and the uh, crisis and the Cuban Missile Crisis had just taken place in 1962. And so in 1963, just a year later, when President Kennedy was assassinated, so yeah. there was a, a lot of stress going on in Soviet-U.S. relations at that time. So it would have been an interesting time Absolutely. to be there. Yes. How long was. were you in Moscow? Two years. It was interesting. After after your husband, when when did your husband then decide to retire after 33 years? He was offered another stripe. In other words, uh, he was offered another year of uh, duty. At that point, he had been uh, director of naval intelligence. He said that he was tired, and did I mind if he retired then? as a rear admiral and I said of course not it was his job to do every day and he should do what he wanted to do and I could understand his being tired because I was tired too well you had given a lot for your country both of you had well we enjoyed doing it really but I could understand his being tired so he retired my husband Worked for uh, another, for a company, but uh, uh, for a few years, we discovered that he was ill. He had bladder cancer, and uh, it so happened that I also had bladder cancer. Our oldest daughter had uh, leukemia, and uh, I used to drive my daughter from McLean to Baltimore every day. We did this for almost for about five years. She was being treated, and uh, thank goodness she's fine no. even today. Yeah, bless her heart. But uh, we, it was a tough time. My husband had, had treatment for bladder cancer, and I as well. And the State Department said it was from the hearing devices that they had. We had lived with. We did have a lot of hearing advices hearing devices, but uh, I don't agree with that. Yeah. I think it was the water, because uh, every once in a while in our apartment, as with other apartments, we were told to boil the water for a couple of weeks. Where we lived, there were people from every country living in every apartment, and cancer was ripe with all those people after Mm -hmm. the war because some of them came to the Naval Hospital, the American Naval Hospital, uh, with their children. A lot of them, their children had gone to the same camp in the summer as their Russian children, and uh, they came with... I saw them at the Naval Hospital. I was called by a friend from another country with his son, and uh, his son was very ill with cancer. Cancer was just one thing that 
the kids came down with. Fortunately, just one of my children had that, but uh, my husband and I both had bladder cancer, and that's what he died from. He died much too young, 2006, but uh, I'm fine. Don't know why, but <laughs> and so I'm here, here. Here you are. Well, Jimmy, I want to thank you for telling me your story, and very interesting story about your life and the life of your husband. I, I was watching your face when I, when I said his name, Sumner Shapiro, because it lit up like it is right now. Mm-hmm. So I can see that you had a, a good life with him. Yes. Not easy. But wonderful. But a wonderful one. And yeah. I want to thank you for telling me your stories today. I'm sure that there are a lot of stories just like mine. There are. And they're all interesting. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much. You're welcome. This has been a special Honoring Veterans presentation of Answers for Elders, brought to you by Carriage. For more information about Carriage, the website is C-A-R-E-A-G-E.com. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.